This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Tap Into. I'm Travis. I'm Pete. And this is our story. Two and a half years ago, we were leading mediocre lives in Kentucky, working for the weekend and filling our time with things that didn't always matter. I mean, life wasn't bad by any means, but we always had a feeling that things could be better, a feeling there was something more out there and our lives could hold more purpose. So we sold all of our belongings, including a house, a car, and pretty much everything we owned, packed up our trusty Prius, and drove across the country to sunny California. This podcast shares the good, the bad, and everything in between as we continue our journey to expand and grow every day. Come join us each week on Facebook to interact with us live on our page, Travis and Pete, where we share all the tools we have collected along the way to enjoy a life full of gratitude, love, and purpose. Wait, since it's live, does that mean I have to wear pants? Nah, there'll be a desk. Sweet! So come as you are, set aside what you think you know, and simply listen. And as always... Take, Take what, what you, you like, like and, and leave, leave the, the rest. rest. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Everybody! Check that out. Look at the new big things. Producer Danielle's earning her wages. <laughs> I'm sure that looked as good as I'm in my picture in my head. Um, that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. 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 That's a new one. Fun and Yep, got nothing. So, uh, today, as you can see, we've got some, I mean, all right, special guests, I guess. <laughs> special. They, mm. they pump up our ratings a little bit. Um, <laughs> Barry, Barry and Sydney Williams from Hiking My Feelings. Hold on, let's see if I can get this all out. Barry and Sydney Williams from Hiking My Feelings, Williams in the Wild, Sydney Unfiltered, and, ooh, missing something. Nothing else. Maker, Maker of, of Waves. waves. Yeah. Boom. Look, Barry's like, nothing else, just me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can find all those in hashtags and Instagrams, and we're going to post it or something like that probably. Right, Danielle? We'll do that. We'll, we'll tag some things and, and whatnot. Uh, but, and, you know, my lovely partner in crime and lover of my life and freshly shaven, beautiful man. If you love man, your life. Uh, Pete Olson. How's it going, Pete Olson? Oh, it's been a week. <laughs> and, we'll get into that. <laughs> and I am wonderful and grateful to be here. Yay! Every day. And I'm Travis Looney. You know, I'm the guy that, you know, with the hair. That's what I'm known for these days, I guess. <laughs> While Pete grows his out, While you're Pete like goes, the guy with the hair? Guy with the hair. We're not twins right now. Oh. But we will be. We'll get back there. Well, that's a good look. I love it. Every time she starts typing on that, it kind of freezes <laughs> us, but we're really not frozen. It's crazy. Anyway, it's crazy. so today's episode number 80. What did I say? 81, 82? 81. 81. Um, it's Ooh. called This Is Me. Anybody have not heard the song This Is Me or watched the movie, uh, not This Is Me, The Greatest Showman, <laughs> go check it out. Because um, today we're diving into some stuff, some gratitude, some, some death and rebirths and uh, depression and anxieties and love and light and uh, Everything that makes life worth getting up for and yeah. solving, Yeah, I guess. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some popcorn or a soda. Do you have popcorn? Or tequila. I could use some popcorn. Because you might need some tequila for Ooh. this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to do some sharing. So kids, talk amongst yourself. It'd be fine. Oh do my this. gosh. Talk amongst ourselves. Well, guys... It's been since December since you've been here. Yeah. That's what was just reported. So I'm so excited that yeah. you're back. I know. It's lovely. And, uh, it's lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. So in San Diego, it's been hailing. 
inside and out, emotionally, physically, yeah. spiritually, the Winter hail, weather, literal the hail. hail. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been very metaphorical for myself. I know for you, mm-hmm. I can't speak for Barry. Um, and I can't speak for Travis either. So well, we're going to hear all these stories. Um, it's been a rough week for me. And what have you been doing since you've been gone? Um, you know. did stuff. Right, so, so December, um, <clears throat> So in December, it was right before we had just moved into the van. So we're in the van full time. um, And we've been in the van full time since the end of November now. So we're on month three. I think so. Sure. December, January, February. Yep. Three. And we did a tour through LA for Hiking My Feelings. We did three stops in LA and those were all amazing. We hiked uh, almost 70 miles all around LA in January. And then we came back down to San Diego and... We've just been kind of chilling out down here, getting ready to plan um, the national tour because <laughs> say it again. Those those words the sound so nice. National tour, yeah. Yes. So, I you just kind of slid that in, like national tour. What NBD? Sorry, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that my little tour with REI was going to be done in January, and I was going to be excited about the opportunities that we had. And the day before the second of three stops on our January tour. Um, my contact at REI was like, hey, so um, if you guys are doing this van life thing, do you just want to go talk around the country at like different REI stores? And I was like, um, actually, yes, I would totally love that. So we have 15 dates confirmed right now. Yesterday, I spoke with the coordinator in Portland and we're waiting to hear back from the state of Michigan, but we have all of April. Montana. Yeah. And, and Montana. So we're going to Michigan. Washington. <laughs> In Washington. Washington. Yeah. Did I say Michigan? You said Michigan. Yeah. I was oh, like, weird. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I can yeah. up on that. the East Coast for some people yeah. over there. <laughs> so, um, hi, Michigan, sometime soon. Uh, Washington, not at all Michigan. I forgot. I think you missed an R in there. Yeah. Washington? Uh-huh. Okay, copy. There you go. Uh, so, we are doing, uh, we start the tour back up on March 22nd. We're doing two more stops in Southern California. So, we have Tustin on the 22nd, which is Orange County. Then we're going back to Burbank, which is where it all began back in October. Um, on the 29th of March, and then we go to Colorado for all of April, and then we come back to California and we tour the Bay Area in May and early June, and then we're looking at um, Oregon for late June, early July, Washington for late July, and then August will be in Montana. So that's the plan so far, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. <clears throat> I'm just dumbfounded <laughs> at like, how quickly things are unfolding, but it's fun. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Williams? I think that it, you were close with Michigan and Washington because if you take a, a W and flip it over, it's an M. Yes. That's probably where That's exactly because it's like, <laughs> yep. And there's that, Barry. <laughs> yep. There it is. I love that. He's like, oh, I get it now. It's because <laughs> it's interchangeable Mashington. if you're upside down. Yeah. So if I was standing on my head, I'd be in Michigan, but yeah. I'm not, so I'm in Washington. So, but right now, I'm in California. Okay, so what I'm excited about for your all's next leg, and I know there's a lot of unannounced stuff, so yeah. we'll keep it vague or just talk about yeah. like the principles leading up to... Okay, so you're living the dream, which your dream and mm-hmm. your dream, like specifically the path is being laid brick by brick by you all. It's nobody else's. Correct. It's fresh. Um, you know... A lot of our journeys are about letting go of the stuff that didn't belong to us and then taking a blind ass leap and figuring out what actually does belong to us. So what I'm interested in um, is like 
the getting there, the shedding, the process? Is it science? Is it just divine intervention? Like the process of shedding, the process of that subconscious layer that the, the programming that like causes chemical responses that lead to depression and like all this other stuff that like keep us down. I'm talking about my, I can only talk about myself. Um, <laughs> like I have all, absorbed all this information. There's so much learning and then ugh, life happens. Damn. And then the, the body just goes, Nope, sorry. And mm. then you're on your back. Like that process where you can let stuff go. So I'm interested. I want to know this process. I feel like I blacked out for a second. Like, was I sharing that long? I like, I came back too, and y'all are right into it. And I'm like, oh, it's happening. Into it. Oh, yeah. Please. yeah. I'm getting, uh, I'm yeah. getting caught up. Well, this I is... think Pete and I are both extremely caffeinated as well. So it's like, we got right <laughs> in. Like, We're we still are figuring breezing this out. through yeah. things. <laughs> caffeinated and glassy. It's only caffeinated, I promise. <laughs> you can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> You'd be able to tell yeah, if there's anything fair. else going on. Yeah. yeah so um, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear Danielle's poofed from back here. She's like, oh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. The process. Yeah. Yeah. Like how, what does that reprogramming look like? If we, if there's somewhere else we need to step back <clears throat> even further and get into, by all means, paint a picture, but it's the reprogramming for me has been the hardest part. What are you reprogramming? <clears throat> letting go of all these auto responses to life, like living life on the sidelines. If something doesn't go my way or if like an expectation's not met, then there's just this response of failure. There's a response of like, I'm the problem versus something out there that I've come in contact with just isn't a match. Do you have anything like specific that you can give us examples? We're really good. You like visuals. <laughs> yeah, no. And so, I've, got, yeah. I've got a visual like for whatever your thing is. Right. I, just, I think, so what well, were you saying earlier? Yeah, so I guess, I guess, because we were, discussing this earlier um i guess my question would be is this something that is like past trauma that you're trying to get over with that is affecting your present day if that's the case that's your gal if this is just you need somebody that specializes in the department of not giving a fuck then i can speak to that yeah so i I guess that's Um, what we need to find out or it could be a bit of both we're not yet to the not giving a fuck and i'm just gonna go on a trip until you figure it out and get back That's exciting. <laughs> Take lots of pictures. Um, okay, so I've been doing some work since I had a conversation with you two yesterday. Um, and I assume <coughs> clued in. Yeah, yes, yeah. okay. Um, so there, uh, like, I don't know when trauma happened. I don't, I can't label it. Maybe right. it was at birth. Maybe it was four lifetimes ago. Maybe it was, there's just a blackout from my brain to keep me safe or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know what the deal is. But the wound, one of the major ones is comparison. Whenever I start something, whenever, whether it's new, whether it's like trying to get back up on that horse again, and I see the finish line broadcast by someone else who's been there, done that, or is there doing it, um, the comparison to do something like someone else has done it or to get a result that's similar, like I shut down because I don't have that gift or that expertise or that experience or whatever. So there's no way for me to get there. And that's where that response of um, the not enoughness uh, incompleteness. I wasn't born with any gifts. Like, what are my gifts? Like, blah, you know, like, I don't want to be a broken record and complain. It's not complaining. I just, there's this physical response that happens where my body just shuts down and then there's exhaustion and then of like, not like I am attracted to that insult in in result or that goal, but getting there, it's like the, my roadblocks, I'm the problem versus like getting up and trying again. So then it's like, well, we'll go try something else. Cause that wasn't for me. That wasn't me. Um, so your roadblock, you're saying your roadblock is that you keep on saying that you're the problem? I'm the problem, yeah. Well, you are the problem. Yeah, I know. Like, I was born not enough. 
I don't have enough gifts. I don't have enough expertise, oh, experience. I know the information is yeah. here. The subconscious, like the depth at which it's hanging out, I don't know how to release that. Well, yeah. it was a, I think it was a double. The thing that confused me was that you, you're you were talking about comparison in one breath, mm-hmm. and then realizing that it was you and that you weren't enough type yeah. deal. So it's like when I'm comparing myself to other people, I'm never enough. Right. So could you look at and so do you just automatically jump to comparison town? It's generally uh, it's speaking, re- it sounds it, like you it, do. hundred percent. It's always there. So instead, what if instead of when you find your place, when you find yourself in comparison land, instead of like going down the rabbit hole that is, I'm not enough. I don't have talent. What if you look at that as permission granted that that can be done? It is being done, and that it is working. Because for me, I used to compare myself all the freaking time, especially with what I've got coming up, like with hiking my feelings and all the stuff that we're going to be doing on this tour. <clears throat> for the longest time, I would start comparing and I would be like, well, if I didn't come up with the idea, then it's not good. Like if this has already been done, then who am I to go do it? Because they already did it. They claimed it. So like Newsflash, this isn't the first podcast ever, right? Like you guys have successfully started and you continue to do a podcast. You keep showing up. Um, so for me, it's like, oh, well, if somebody has what I want and they've gone and they figured out how to get it done, then I know that it's possible. And if anything, it's a clue that like I'm on the right path and that I can have that. I just need to figure out how to make it work for me. So for me, it's like there's comparison mountain, right? <laughs> Where mm-hmm. you're like the summit is all we see. Nobody ever really shares the journey. That's why I'm on the mission I'm on. I just want to save the world and show how to do it in the process and not be like at the top of the mountain and be like, I'm saving the world. Ha <laughs> suckers. Like I want to show how you get there because there's so much focus on being at the top of whatever that is. So it's like, if you see somebody at the summit of whatever their mountain is, then you're like, sweet. So there's obviously a trail that gets to the top. Let's go find the trail and walk it. And it's like one walk, one step at a time, just like hiking. Like everything we did around San Diego, it's the same shit. Just stop comparing and just see it as proof that it can be done. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the, like, I hear you. Yeah. The words are in there. Got it. Um, well, if you're still holding on to it, then that's a choice. So just let it go. Okay. And that's where Barry steps in. Because, like, you clear, like you have the knowledge. It's, like, li- literally all you have to do at this point is just, like, turn off your brain and just stop. That's what it is. Being a it's sucker the for intellectualizing. those shitty thoughts. Yeah. And intellectualizing, <laughs> like, like, for example, like, when I'm in my car driving people around and people are being very informational in how they relate to each other. Like, they're sharing what they know as mm-hmm. a terms of their worth. I can't relate to that. I don't – and I don't want to relate to that because I don't – it's not – it's surface-level conversation. Do you know um, what you want in life? But, I'm working on it. So, so no, it's not it's not a clear picture. So like here's so there's this facade, there's this I don't know, I wouldn't say facade. There's like this phrase where everybody's like, you can have it all. And that's overwhelming as fuck. Until you know what it all is to you. Yeah. And then like I have it all right now because everything I want I have. I don't have a boat because I don't want one. Mm-hmm. I don't have a private jet because I don't want one right now. Like when I do <laughs> want a private jet, I've got a friend who works for a private jet company now. So like, hey, cool, 40 million. Just kidding. But like, honestly, a lot of it, I think, is because we're taught to want certain things in this society. Um, that's one of the reasons I got out of marketing was because I was tired of shoving wants down other people's throats. And I figured my skill for communication can be used to make the world a better place rather than telling people what products to buy. So like... We're conditioned to believe that we want all these things that are outside of ourselves. But once we get really clear on what we want for ourselves, then comparisonitis goes away and you you have the feeling of having it all because you're crystal fucking clear on what having it all means to you. Like that's where I'm at 
right now sitting in this chair. I'm like, I've got everything I need because I'm really clear on what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like no, Dave and just I, said. Dave said he's got it. All, and he, Barry just showed me like a really good quote too that I think would be – I think you should jump in with what, that. What was he saying? Oh, he was reading a comment from Dave oh. Moore. Oh, so what I, where I'm at and I think the problem where comparison comes in for me is I see the person at the end of the tunnel shining. Like I see their light. I see someone expressing their light. Take you for example. And I'm like, ooh, I want what they have. Like, or I want to affect the world in that way, or like whatever that shininess is, whatever that expression is. Um, and then I try to go for that specific expression or that specific expression instead. And that that mirror is good in the fact of like, if it's in them, if I can see it in them, it's in me. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that much. Um, it's the physical doingness. Like, if like I know that doingness is not as important as beingness. However, beingness doesn't pay the bills yet for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I want to get to that point where I'm so clear on me that. I know that I can compare the lights are the same, but the path is obviously my path. Right. So there's something in the way that I haven't let go of yet that is I'm I'm seeing the physical thing and relating that to the the spiritual light, the the actualization of someone's life, um, and unable to see that within myself. Like people all the time are like, oh, you, you bring this to the table, you bring this to the table, you bring this to the table. People want to play in your field. Like, I understand that. I don't see it for myself yet. So yeah. the specifics of we're still in search mode. But I think is it that, that you whenever you go through these things that you do the comparison from, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if comparison is necessarily a, a, a horrible thing sometimes, but I think it's really, really horrible. Not horrible. Let's, let's back that up a little bit. <laughs> it's so exhausting. Uh, no, I think that when the where comparison really gets in the way is whenever you sit there and you do the comparison in your head. Like when you actually go out and attempt to do the other things that other people are doing, it's a clear sign of whether or not it's for you or not, right? Yes. You see what what Sydney's doing, for example, or what anybody is doing, um, and I think where it gets the the problem that happens is. You, you have this whole like made up story in your head that you don't even attempt to do, right? You're like, oh, Cindy can do this. And you play it out like it's really happening. And then you're really only checked out for 20 minutes, but you've had this like months of conversation and months of doing. And then you come back and you're like, shit, that was exhausting. And I want to attempt to do that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so act out on that. If you're going to compare you know, to an extent, I think, if yeah. you're going to compare yourself to other people, attempt to do what they're doing. Then it's learning lessons, right? It's learning what suits you and what doesn't suit you. It may – something may work. And I think – I don't know if you said this at the beginning while I was texting or – not. I wasn't texting. I swear to God I wasn't texting. <laughs> I was sharing. Um, but you said something along the lines of uh, – you've seen – no, it was the beginning of this. Let's come back. You see other people doing the same thing that you're doing – and your first instinct is to say, well, I can't do that. But then you say, nope, I'm going to try it and do it differently. Everything is recycled, right? Everything in this world that we are doing is recycled in some way or another. No one is coming up with anything different. They're just coming up with something differently for other people. There are nine, eight point five billion people in this world. What I say to one person may not hit their ears, but what I say to the person standing right next to them is. So compare, try it out, figure it out. And then go back to the drawing board. But one thing that is detrimental, and that's something that we were all talking about earlier, was that when there's complete inactivity, you're going to be fucked. You know what I mean? You're just going to sit there and you're never going to know whether or not that comparison is true or false. So to like distract and cover up and all that stuff is the most detrimental thing you can do because you can't win and you can't fail 
if you do nothing. You got to do. You oh, I know do. nothingness. Uh, doing nothing is the enemy. Um, and that's what that's what's hard is that when the physical response hit, which for me, we're going to call the blanket term of just depression, um, like my like the, the chemicals that are released in my body exhaust me, keep me down. Like it is it is really hard, not impossible, but it's really hard, at least within that 24 hours or whatever the time frame is, is to reach out and say, I need help to get up and take a walk, to go and do something to take my mind off of it because the, to, to, to make myself present in the moment. Yeah. Cause that, that would, that's what depression is, is I'm either in the past or the, the, the future. Um, it's the physical response is, is deafening. So it's not that like, I hear all the information. It's literally like, I want to reprogram my body so that when something, when I'm doing something, when I'm trying something, when I'm going after something that looks attractive that I might or may not be interested in when it's not a fit or when, when I need to learn a new skill that I don't yet have the auto response is, you, know, you can't do that. You're not enough. Like you don't have the ability to learn that or think that or go back to school because then you got to take tests and you got to read and you don't know how to like, like all these auto responses happen. That's what I want. That's what I need to retrain. Yeah. That's the part where it's like. It's not even retrain. It's shutting off, I think. Fine. Whatever the terminology is, like I want it gone. I want it to. Yeah. But I also know I need to embrace it and become friends with it because that trauma is something or the wound or whatever it is, is something that I can't ignore. Like I need to get to know it and look at it so that I can say, okay, goodbye. Where is that coming from? Do you know? In my body? Where, where are all these negative, you know, that's, this soundtrack I, that's, coming that's from? You maybe know? the hard part. I don't know the origin. It's just, it's literally, I can look back at my earliest memories. It's always been there. So that's where I'm at right now. I mean, it could be just the way you grew up. I mean, everybody's, for the most part, is born and raised to compare themselves and be not as good as, you know. But once you actually realize that none of this really matters, it really doesn't matter. All the stuff that you've been conditioned to actually think does not matter. We're just, you know, these uh, masses of energy having a human experience. All the stuff out there, you need to have this car, you need to, you know, this haircut or th these clothes. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And once you actually can flip that switch to actually see that it all matters, like all this matters, but not in the way that you've been conditioned to, mm -hmm. then you get rid of this uh, comparison and then you don't really give a fuck. Yeah. So flipping the switch, <laughs> and then, the and then But yeah. once that flip uh, switch flips... You can't unflip it. That's and that is its own set of like adjustment period, relearning, integrating. Because like yeah. it's one thing, like where you're at is huge. You've done a shitload of work to be able to say the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because there are people that walk around and they're like a trauma tornado. I was one of them for God knows how long, where they haven't even identified that there's a problem. You've identified that there's something from somewhere lifetimes mm -hmm. ago or this one that is holding you back in some way. That's a huge accomplishment. So one, celebrate more because the fact that you're not celebrating that is crazy to me because the first thing that should come out of your mouth is like, oh, my God, I've got some shit. I don't know what it is yet, but I know I have it. And now I can go searching for it and yeah. find it and then face it like you're at where I was probably right before I quit last year. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And this is a long process. Yeah. Like, and that's the other thing. So, like, I think the biggest thing is, A, give yourself permission to explore because the reality is this is going to take a while. You can't rush through it. And, like, the second that I gave myself permission to understand that, like, this is my life's work, as long as I'm on this planet, I'm going to be unpacking that trauma pack. I'm going to be reframing my limiting beliefs. I'm going to be running up against trauma from, like, things that I thought were true. 
Like, I didn't solve it all on that one hike. That was the tip of the fucking iceberg. So, like, understanding that my entire life is going to be revolving around doing this kind of work, that felt like the biggest breath of, like, release ever. Because I was holding so much pressure. Like, one, you're like, oh, my God, I need to be this, this, and this, and I'm not. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. And then when you're like, oh, my God, I have trauma. What is it? You're like, I better find this trauma, and I better (laughs) find it now now. because I'm, like, ruining everybody's life around me. Like, take a fucking breath for one. Celebrate that you've come to the point where you can recognize that there's trauma to be found and then breathe through it and, like, listen to what comes up because what you're doing right now is distracting yourself from finding the trauma because right now you're caught up in the process. You're like, oh, God, I have it. Oh, where is it? I don't know. Like, just shut up for a second and listen. Like, go take a walk. Like, that's when – because you were the first person that asked about the process of hiking my feelings and I was like, I don't think there is one. There is one. I found it. Like, I was so afraid to own it because I was like, oh, it's just happened so organically. Like, whatever. I'm the only person who's ever experienced this. Turns out that's not true. Like, (laughs) everybody and their mother who's ever hiked up a mountain to do hard shit has gone through what I've gone through. This experience is not exclusive to me, but that doesn't mean that it's not important. So, like, slow down. Do something that physically challenges you because, like, if, if what you're doing right now, if laying in bed and worrying about it isn't working... The thing that I say, like what I've uncovered is when I physically challenge myself to the point of like near exhaustion, like a really hard hike or running or whatever, like when it starts getting hard, listen to how you talk to yourself, because that's the first indication of what you need to come up against. Because like for me, it was like, holy shit, you fat fuck. Like, what do you think you're doing going up this mountain? And then I was like, oh, my God, like I would never let anybody talk to me like that ever. So why am I talking to myself like that? Where did that come from? And then I started unpacking like, okay, so where did that come from? Where did I first, where do I first remember hearing that? And then you can start to break it down because you're like, well, who cares if I'm fat? Who cares if I'm whatever my thing is? But like in that moment of physical challenge is when my internal soundtrack was like, hey girl, here's all your trauma. (laughs) Cause like you're, that's when your body's like, nope, you don't want to do this. And you're like, yes, I do. I'm searching. Yes, I do. I want to power through this and I want to know where this is coming from. So for me, laying in bed didn't work. I went and did something hard physically. And that's when I started hearing the voices in my head. And that's when I got to start digesting all of the crap that I've ever been through. And I'm still unpacking it. And on that note, like you, you brought it up before when you were talking about, you know, getting a certification or something like that. And I'd have to study and I can't do that. That's where you need to challenge yourself. And it may not be physical because not everybody can do physical, but maybe it's mental. Maybe it's learning a different language or whatever. Yeah. Listen to the voices in your head. Yeah, you're right. Even just when you were just sitting here, you're like, I can't do that. I can't read. I'd have to take tests. Oh, my God. So like some of your shit is rooted in your education, clearly, or certification or lack thereof, like a little bit. Yeah. So like there you go. And you know you're smart. You're a functioning member of society. So like ditch that shit. And it's not that easy. And I get it. But like. I can just sitting here like it's let's talk about your education, Pete, because like clearly you've got some hangups around that. And hey, Danny, let's scroll down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Dave Moore actually said something that was just kind of. Thank uh, you. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. So, uh, no, no, no. Other way at the bottom. The one at the very bottom. Except. Yeah, right there. Um, it said you were programmed at birth by the subconscious mind, allowing a ton of bullshit ambient dialogue from around your pram to build your beliefs that crap was spoken by a load of people that didn't know what they were talking about we accept them until such time as we say that's enough and we build our own belief system yes at the end of the day i think it's all about i and i'll speak for myself here is that for for many 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 years 
I made the excuse of, well, I can't do that because of something someone told me, or I can't mm-hmm. do that because of something that I believed, or I can't do that because I was told this. Really what it breaks down to is whenever, you know, whenever he was saying that's enough, I'm going to add on to that whenever it says that's enough listening to everybody but myself because you make your own shit, right? Everybody's made up. Everything in this world is made up, mm-hmm. if you think about it. It was kind of like what he was saying about we're all just energy, energies uh, living a, a, a life of something. Uh, <laughs> Human experience. Human experience. Thank you. Yes. Um, but it's kind of like whenever you're fed up with it and whenever you're tired of feeling the way that you do, whenever you're tired of just like listening to this like made up story that's in your head, then that's when you say that's enough. So it's like you're at a point to where it's like you're figuring it out. I agree. I think that's really important. Um, it's like we said the other day. It's like we're all kind of just like exploring this world and we're doing it the best what we can. Um you know, so it's just like figure it out, figure it out whenever you want to do it. And whenever this icky feeling gets icky enough, you know, you'll, you'll do something differently until then. Yeah. You I like, I like the, yeah, that soundtrack. This was one of our favorite things about going to Guatemala is the, the soundtrack got turned off going to different countries. The soundtrack gets turned off. Like when you told that story the first time, I'm like, Oh my God, I now I can lived it. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's gone. No. Just means it's off for a moment. Um which gives you the space to explore who you yeah, actually yeah. are. And that's one of the biggest things is like after an experience like Guatemala or after an experience of like these hikes or whatever, like I don't know if you guys were told this, but at some point in time when I was growing up, I was told like when you get back from a vacation, you can't make any major decisions for like 48, 72 hours, whatever the period of time is because like you're crazy, you have vacation brain. I call bullshit. Because if you're in Guatemala, when I was in Paris, when I was on top of that mountain, when those soundtracks are gone and you come back from that, that's the most in tune with yourself that you will ever be. And to ignore what comes up in those moments, inspiration, whatever, is frankly a tragedy, I think, because that's when we are the most clear. And anybody that has ever told you to not make major decisions or not believe the things that you hear or feel or experience after such a transformative experience, whether that's a concert, a hike, going to another country, like the people that say ignore that are people that are terrified of their own brilliance and their own greatness because that's when we tap into that. You want to talk about tapping into shit? That's when we do it is when we're like removed from everything we've ever been conditioned to believe. And for me, that was in Paris. It was on that train because I didn't understand the language and all I was left with was my positive thoughts because there wasn't that stuff bombarding me with like, you're not this, you're not that. It sounds like Guatemala was that for you. So, like, find the place where you can achieve that kind of centeredness where all the bullshit goes away. And then I have a feeling and that, you'll and be I, able to I'm hear afraid. And I think it's also realizing that you, th- there is not a time frame. You know, another yeah. thing that this one passed on a long time ago. Well, a long time. You many, know, many back in September. Ago, <laughs> uh, to me was that we, you ha- we have time for everything, mm-hmm. right? It's like... We have time for all You know, you're almost 40 years old, but that doesn't mean anything. Shh. <laughs> I did it to him. Did you, get, did you see that, everybody? Oh. I finally get it to him. Oh. Uh, 35. We talk about numbers. 35. Uh, right. So it's just kind of like you have time, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Devil don't need an advocate, but go. I'm going to advocate anyways. <laughs> Pipe down, devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's kind of like we're all talking about embracing the embracing the funk, embracing the shit, and da-da-da-da-da. 
I agree. I think that you need to figure out. I think there's a time and point when you're going through something that you have to um, be aware of the crap that you're going through and, and being a little bit easy on yourself that it's not the end of the world. But I also feel like if you embrace it too much, that that feeling and that thought process starts to become a really close friend. Mm. Um, and it can be to a point where if you don't have your shield up, if you don't have the right working uh, brain activity almost, that that friend can seem so comfortable and your ego starts jumping in and it starts taking over to where it's like, this is fine. What you're doing is fine. Laying in bed all day is fine. Mm -hmm. You don't really have to do anything. Being a human is human being, not human doing. Just pulling what you said the other day, but I, I agree with what you said, but you know, being requires doing sometimes. So it's a fine line, yeah. right? It's a very, very fine line. Embrace it, but don't kind of invite it to live in your house for you yeah. know the unforeseeable future. Well, I had two like pretty dark and twisty periods of time since we moved into the van, and like the last one was leading up until leading up to last Friday, which like a week ago I almost died. Um, but the one before that. Like, after I came out of the funky period, Barry was like, is my wife back? Like, you good? You home? Like, what's going on? And I didn't understand it. I was like, yeah, I feel like I feel like myself. And then after last week, like, I was like, oh, I know what Barry means. Like, I know what it means to feel alive and, like, in this body now um, and not out here in fucking la-la land where everything can be really hard and really sad. So I think, like, there's this part of it where it's, it's everything you were just saying, like, don't invite it into your home. Don't let it be your friend. But also, like, listen to it and give yourself permission. Because, like, I had to, like, feel the feelings mm-hmm. after decades of suppressing the feelings. Like, a week or two of downtime is not the end of the world. Like, it's it's scary. And, like, to be honest, in the week leading up to last Friday, like, I was like, Meh, if I got attacked by a bobcat on the way to the bathroom at this campground, I wouldn't care. <coughs> like, you know... That's fine. Like, I wasn't, like, to the point of suicidal ideation. I wasn't like, how do I kill myself? But I was, like, mm, pretty... I was pretty meh about life. I was like, I don't have a... I, like, I don't know what's coming up. Like, I'm just kind of like, meh. If you ever see her in a meat suit, to intervene, please. Because she's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to the bathroom. She's going to the bathroom. She's putting A1 all over herself. Okay? I'm fine. So... But, like, but I mean, that's what you sound like, obviously. It, like it took all like straight up almost dying for me to be like, oh well, I I actually like being alive. This is fun. So yeah, so that that is actually a surprise to hear. Like I've known you long enough now, and we've all kind of seen the more than just the surface level of oh we're okay, life is great. Like yeah. we've all seen each other express a trauma tornado of some sort. Oh for sure. Um, and like to hear you say, oh I almost gave up. And I, what I see is, oh, my God, you're getting ready to conquer the world. Yeah. Like, the, I know what that feels like. That's yeah. very, I, I'm glad that you said that. Cause yeah. It it's was like, terrible. It does, just because I get on my path doesn't mean that all is healed, all is well, the world's perfect. Like, no. that, that, I don't even want to call it a struggle because I don't want it to be a struggle. But, like, that journey of getting to know the trauma, mm-hmm. becoming friends with it in order to release it and share the that process with the world. Yeah. Well, I think, <sighs> I think like, after Friday – uh, if it's not love, I ain't got time for it. Straight up. Like, if it's not rooted in love or joy or peace or making the world a better place, I don't have time for it. And I know that there will be times when I don't feel that. 
And now I've identified that the times that I don't feel that, it's not because my world is ending. It's because I'm about to break through something else. Like when I feel down and dark and twisty, that's healing. And ultimately on the other side of that is happiness and joy. So like now I can see like connecting the dots backwards. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know that the next time I'm in a dark and t- funky place that I'll know that cognitively when I'm in it because when I'm in it, it's hard. But I'd like to think like I legit feel like a brand new person. I didn't technically die last week, but I feel like maybe I did. What are we at, like 3.0 or 4.0 right now? 4.0. Because I feel like... For sure. I feel like we've, like, rebirthed a few times <laughs> yeah. with Miss Sydney Williams. It's it's wild. So... Yeah. And for people who don't know me, hi. Um, I Can I give the Cliff Notes version Do of this? Because I've said it, like, three times now. Do it. Um, so, I am... Well, form- <laughs> not anymore. I know. It's like, well, I'm formally type. Okay. So, uh, in September 2017, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, last weekend... On Friday at a concert, I almost died. And what does that mean? Uh, my blood sugar got so low that I started exhibiting symptoms of hypoglycemia. And right, be- like if it went any lower, the next step is diabetic coma and or death. So uh, I was at a concert. I told Barry, I was like, I think I'm tripping because <laughs> like my vision started like kaleidoscoping with the lights on stage and stuff. And uh, he was he's like, huh, you're not tripping because like he's like, clearly you're not on drugs. Also didn't realize what was happening. And then so like my vision was gone and then my hearing was out and then it was just like completely black and I woke up standing up and I mentioned that I was like I remember saying I'm diabetic and then I it was just like flashes of light and Barry and our friend Tim had to drag me out of the venue. I was completely limp. I was completely blacked out um, and I came to like a couple times as they were taking me outside but like I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. Like at one point I could hear Barry shouting that I was diabetic um, and the energy very much felt like this girl's shit face, like get her out of here. And there wasn't a lot of uh, support from security. Like Barry was like, uh, help her up. <laughs> like she's on the ground. So I was like blacked out. They got me outside. They sat me down and the paramedic put a glucose tube in my mouth, which as a type two diabetic, um, I'm always managing to keep my blood sugar, like to keep it down because type two diabetics have high blood sugar. So a hypoglycemic episode means that it was so low that my brain stopped functioning and my system started shutting down. That was never on my radar as a possibility because, like I said, type 2s have high blood sugar. So they put a glucose tube in my mouth and then, like, my vision started coming back and then my cognitive function started coming back. And I was like, my name is Sydney. Donald Trump is still president. Fuck. Like, (laughs) and then I was, like, joking and everything was fine. But, like... As a type 2 diabetic who was following all the rules, like, I was eating right, I was exercising, all this stuff, like, it didn't make sense to me that I could just, like, basically drop dead out of nowhere. Um, So I talked to my doctor, and it turns out that what happened was, um, for people who don't know, if you're a diabetic, your pancreas, well, everybody's pancreas does this, uh, your pancreas creates beta cells, which creates insulin, which helps metabolize sugar in your body. I caught... Type 2 diabetics and diabetes in general, like you're, you stop you stop producing beta cells or your beta cells start dying and those don't really come back. So I got it early enough to where like a lot of those didn't die and I lost enough weight in a short enough amount of time that I was able to like – my body was producing enough insulin for like this size of my body, not the size of my body 70 pounds ago. So effectively, I talked to my doctor today – Like I've, I guess my diabetes is in remission because now my body produces enough insulin for everything I've got going on. So like, A, I almost died because my blood sugar was too low because I didn't re, 
assess my nutritional needs uh. after I lost all the weight. Like I was still like managing as if I need because when your blood sugar is high, you don't eat carbs as much. You avoid sugar, stuff like that to keep your blood sugar at a safe level. And then not knowing that my body was taking care of itself and operating at full throttle, like as if nothing was ever wrong with it. I didn't reassess my nutrition needs. So like I wasn't eating enough carbs. And when they told me, they were like, yeah, eat more carbs and have sweet stuff on you. I was like, I don't feel like that's the answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> could we like, can, can I at least identify that? Like I've healed myself and that's what's happening. So, um, yeah, no more diabetes. And I, yay. Thank you. <laughs> connecting it. Are you connecting the dots? You're like, and I, <laughs> yeah, I just like, it's so weird. Like I, <clears throat> When I was blacked out, the first time I came to, I was like, I don't want to die. And, like, I didn't know what I could do. Like, I was just like, I guess at this point in time, like, it was up to Barry getting me outside and a medic sticking glucose in my mouth. But I was like, I don't want to die. And, like, before that, like I mentioned, I was kind of like, meh, bobcats, it's fine. (laughs) But when it was, when I actually faced my own mortality and I was like, I have no control over my body right now. That was not something that I wanted, and I wanted to have control over my body for the rest of my life. Like, I was telling Barry, was like, if I'm ever in a position where I don't have control over my body or I'm unable to communicate, that's not the life for me. That's not the way I want to live. Like, pull the plug, put me down, do whatever you need to do. But, like, in that moment when I could not control anything, funny because we talked – I think the last episode we were on was called Control. Um, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to have any part of this. And then I also terrified my husband. So thanks for being there and thanks for not letting me die. Because mm. normally we go to the front of the concert. And if we had to do all of that rigmarole through a crowd of people, it might have been a different result. I don't know. I don't know, like, how close I was to death. But the Just next pass step. you back. Yeah. <laughs> Body surf <laughs> me all the way back. Get her outside. Put some sugar in her mouth. <laughs> huh. It's funny. Like, the, the connection for me um, – you know, the the moral of that story is that as we change, we adjust how we show up. Yeah. Hey. And that was so. Cool connection. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back. I was like, connection, where were we? There it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, part of, for me, that's, that's a really invigorating uh, concept because I'm still, I've, I've acquired a lot of information. I've done a lot of work. I mean, you all have seen it. Um, and I'm still operating how I did before I acquired any of that information. And it's it makes the the downtime feel so much more intense. I pull myself out of it quicker, right? But those coping mechanisms, bye, girl. Like I don't need you no more. Well, and that's the other thing is like now you've identified the coping mechanisms. He's exactly where I was before I started doing the shit. So like last year, this is great. And like, don't compare I, yourself to I'm, other people. I'm not comparing myself. There's but more I'm like, than one path. I'm like the journey is so. Similar. I got my own path. But for me, it was like um, when I realized that I had replaced eating and drinking my feelings, which were my coping mechanisms of choice, which were raw. I was robbed of those when I got diabetes. I was so good at them. (laughs) So good. You were so good at those, babe. I mean, I didn't really care for you, you. but uh, you were really good at it. But like when I realized that I had replaced eating and drinking my feelings with hiking my feelings, thus the name, I was like, okay, that's cool. And also, why was I eating and drinking to begin with? And that's where the real discovery started. So if you've already identified the coping mechanisms, like say, okay, self, I know why I I know that I have these things that I do. Why do I do them? And then listen and don't numb and don't distract. 
Well, try to listen to your partner a little bit more. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Um, I will say that, and I'm not just saying that because I want you to listen to Travis. I was like, if, <laughs> on my journey, if I had listened to Barry, like the second he opened his mouth when I met him, I could have avoided a lot of this. But being stubborn, Sydney, who has her stuff to deal with, like you do have to go through it yourself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also take yourself out of the like. I listened to Barry assuming I knew what he would say. And turns out that doesn't work because everything that comes out of his mouth is like damn near everything is gold. But I always assumed that it was going to be something else. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, See what comes out of my butt. <laughs> oh, not so much gold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's the story. <laughs> I don't think these people uh, are that. She's just, listening. She's just uh, talking well, about listening the, to your partner. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what the takeaway is. But but yeah, yeah, so I think the thing is, is like, uh, ask yourself where your co- why you have coping mechanisms and where they come from. But also, like, when, when Travis does have stuff, like, do everything you can to remove any and all filters. Because, like, I think we're very similar in that. We want to protect ourselves and we fancy ourselves to be smart, intelligent, contributing members of society. And some of these things that we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves makes us feel not that, which is a lot of like, I I don't know if it's for me, it feels like shame um, because I fancy myself a smart person. So when I uncover something about myself, I'm like, oh, if I knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have chosen that. And there's a lot of self-judgment that comes with that. So when I can remove myself from these outside forces that like when you're a kid that heel documentary, I don't know for the people that are watching, if you guys have seen the heel documentary on Netflix, if you have pop it in the comments, let's talk about that because like, don't give any giveaways that we're going to watch. No, it in, we're going like, to watch it when we get hours. home. But like, it just, it's there. They were talking about how like the first seven years of your life, you're just a sponge and, it, and you have no control over how your parents treat you, how people on the outside treat you, how teachers treat you. Like, All of those people have all of their own shit that just goes into you. And so I think what Dave was getting at, too, is like at some point you're just like, yeah, fuck that belief system. I'm going to create my own. And getting to the fuck that is like the hardest part of the journey. And then also it's even harder to create your own because you have to like mentally unwind everything that you've ever been taught and decide I'm Pete Olson and this is what I believe free from anybody else. And like that is hard work. And I think the more you practice it, though, and I think is, you know, getting to that, I don't think you ever get to a point where you don't have a fuck that moment. Like, yeah, it comes no. multiple times throughout your life. And I think giving yourself permission to understand that it's right. going to keep coming is... And, and I think the yeah. difference is, is that the more that you practice it and the more that it happens, the shorter it gets. You know, life doesn't get easier. We get better at it. However, the shorter it gets and less detrimental, Right that the the outcome can be because I'm all about, you know, sometimes you got to numb, sometimes you got to distract, sometimes you got to check out from this shit hole of a world that we live in uh, to kind of figure your own stuff out. There's, there's, there's a point though, to where if you continue to do it, things can get pretty rough. Right. And like the more that we do it, the less that that happens, I think. Well, and for me, it's like, I, I have no desire to be a mother. I will never experience childbirth if I have anything to say about it. God help us if they start like handmade tailing this country. But like (laughs) um, I relate it to what I understand contractions are like. So for me, like there's a there's a bit of trauma um, 
and then like the the contractions are getting shorter. There you go. So I can under like at some point I will birth an insight about myself, or I will un- uncover a trauma. You know what? Does that make? Does that burthen burthen? Yeah. Following the path you, of nature is always a great explanation. Yeah, because yes. I'm like. There's something that happens, and now the time between those things that happen is getting shorter. Ooh, and like, I like that contractions and birthing. Something. Yeah, yep, because like when I when I got off the trail last year, like one of the things that my family said was like, "You've had like three or four life purpose moments since you got off the trail. Like, which one is it?" I was like, "No, hopefully a hundred more." What well, that? <laughs> and I was like, "No, like these aren't four separate." things these all work together and i'm understanding the bigger picture faster like i know that i want this speaking tour to be a thing i know i want to write a book i know i want to do a documentary i know i want to do this that's the whole picture of what this could potentially look like that doesn't mean that like i've had four reincarnations it's like i'm the the amount of time that passes between an idea and the insight is getting shorter and shorter and shorter and then eventually like I uncover whatever that thing is. We have to think about how many different properties there are to a child, right? Yeah. It's like, can you imagine if your sperm just grew bigger and bigger and bigger and you had a sperm baby and it was just this giant sperm, right? <laughs> it's not that. You have to have eyeballs and hair and all the different cells that come <laughs> You're like horrifying. I'm getting uh, that point though. I was like... <laughs> but I'm saying like, it's a baby is not just one thing. It's oh yeah, it's lots hundreds of things. Of oh, things. There's the yeah. connection. There, there it is. It is. Down, not a big sperm. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred thousand different things yeah. that are equally as important that make this bigger idea. Yeah. Yep. And well, I like the, the birthing thing. The contractions yeah. are definitely getting closer together. Yeah. So and and I Because you have trauma and then you're like, shit, what was that? Yeah. Oh God, like I just spun out of control because of this. And then like that mm-hmm. that amount of time gets shorter. So I like that for our maybe definition of this is me. Like this is me. This is why I this is me as in I'm not going to be quiet about what's wrong, what's perceivably wrong with me or what's like – and I want to be surround myself with people who talk about their own shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe like I know that for on your all's show, you, like, you don't share all the trauma, but you share what you've worked through that, that can be relatable. And then behind the scenes with a safe, tr- safer perhaps crowd, it's like we can experience what a trauma tornado looks like yeah. and then we can rehash it. To the point of like, oh, this is what it was. This is what caused it. This is what I need to look at differently. Like I – this is one of the things. Like my parents – you know, when I was growing up, my parents automatically had a degree. They were automatically good at their jobs. People were automatically good at sports or people – like people just showed up. I never saw the the behind-the-scenes work. The process to get there. I am so process-starved or – process of like – you know, like you look at education. Education is one way to do it for everyone. It's growing much better now, but like no one ever asked me how I absorb information, how I learn, like that I'm a visual person. Like you know, right. read this book, take this test. Okay, there's your degree. That it doesn't resonate with me. Now right. I realize that like like you said, the education thing is something that if I want to continue unwrapping what's meaningful to me, I'm gonna have to go that route eventually. And I think it's like, not. I'm waiting. gonna have to go that route eventually, and. I'm going to have to figure out that just because this doesn't work for me doesn't mean I can't take that, unravel it, and then make a blanket that does work for me. I think the biggest I think is. the biggest thing for me was like permission to process how I process and permission to call myself whatever I want to claim. Because for me, like the most – when you were just talking, the thing that immediately popped up in my head for me, and maybe this will help you, is like I was a competitive skydiver. Now, did I go and win a world meet? No. But, like, my friends were Barry Williams with 8,000 skydives, my coach who had 20,000 jumps, and two people who were world champion skydivers. In my mind, I was like, I want to be that. How do I get there? 
And I didn't understand and enjoy where I was as a new person, like as a new skydiver. I did not enjoy that journey because I wanted to be the best immediately. So I can understand what you're saying about like the understanding of the process. For me, like I, as a result of not achieving a world meet or any kind of medal at a national competition, I, for the longest time was like, did I even really compete? Was I a competitive skydiver? And now I'm like, I was a competitive, like I, I went to competitions and I competed. I was a competitive skydiver. Like owning that felt like I was lying for a long time because I didn't achieve top greatness. So like permission to call yourself whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. Like if you want to be Pete, the Uber driver, you're Pete, the Uber driver. If you're Pete, who's a podcaster, like our identities are so tied up in like how we make money. And while I'm currently not making money, uh, I have the ability to have like free reign with whatever I want to call myself because like I'm not introducing myself as Sydney the marketer anymore because that's not what I do. And having my identity tied up in what I do to make money robbed me of a lot of great experiences and like mm-hmm. the ability to own who I'm becoming. I think two things on that. So it's like I didn't know Sydney the marketer, right? Right. But I've heard all the stories about it or a, a big chunk of the stories behind it. And so my impression um, and what impresses me, the marketing doesn't impress me. Right. You made all kinds of money, right? Good for you. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Who, cares? Where, who are you changing lives? No. Right. Um, my family, my inner circle, my people that I surround myself with are the people that I could give two shits what you make. It's what you're doing to touch other people's lives. Secondly, whenever you said something earlier, you said that you're no one ever asks you how you best like learn things, right? Stop waiting for people to ask you and start telling people, right? That's where I get the most out of you is whenever I hear you talk uh, to some other people or to on this podcast and you throw out these little pew 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 like these little gems of like knowledge and you're not waiting for people to ask you how you did it. You're just telling your life process of how you got from A to Z. Mm-hmm. And I until the day I die, the more I think about it is this education thing. If that is something that you want to do and it's something that you think that you need to get where you need to get, go for it. I'm supportive with you on what if you want to go to school or whether, like she just said, if you want to be an Uber driver, the best fucking Uber driver in the world changing people's lives one day at a time through your conversations and your whatever, that's great. I don't believe it's a necessity to go back to school to do what you're best at. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's like... I do believe, and I've said this from the beginning of knowing you is and watching you work at different jobs is do what you do best in any situation that you do it, right? It's like, and stop, I don't, I don't want to say blaming other people, but stop like letting that those those conversations in your head because you're brilliant at every single thing you do. You just think that you have to kind of live up to other people's expectations. And the biggest one is your own ego. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do Pete like Pete can do Pete. No. No, yeah. but does the Pete part of the well, Pete and the part reason of I stuff- mentioned, I, I agree and I hear you. Um, the reason I mentioned education, it's, is, it's one of those, and education's a metaphor. It's a symbol right. for what was Agreed. attempted but not attained because Pete's the problem. So whatever that breaking that mold looks like, whether if, if it's getting a degree that I never use for the sake of saying I just went $100,000 in debt for the fact that I am a PhD able. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If that's what I fix. <laughs> and for me to say PA, I went straight to PhD. Like that's even new to be like, I didn't get a PhD. That's a shit ton of writing. You got to know yourself and what you think. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things that I'm like would normally shy away from. Like the, the, 
the end goal is to go towards, which is one of the steps that you started with. Again, process, process. Where's that shame talk? Okay, that's that's the number one thing. Go towards it. Figure it out. Unpack it. Try something differently. Like like proving, almost proving yourself wrong. I don't know if that's the best way to say it. I, but I think you know what I'm talking that about. When I was on the trail, like the first time, I was like, I don't think I could do this. So I was, what would I say? The first, the first one, I didn't know that I could. Right. So I was proving myself wrong because I didn't know that I could. When so I was proving myself prove wrong. And the right. second one, I knew that I could, and I was proving myself right. Yeah. And it's that, and that, that was both where I was at at the time, and also a massive mindset shift. Because either way, I, I walked across the island twice. Like I could do it, and I did do I it. I can do hard things is one of the first things that you said on the very first show, and yeah. like it's like that sticks with me all the time. I can yeah. do hard things. You can. Now I need to go and search out those hard things because sideline living is what I'm great at. Question. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you over there. <laughs> so with the face. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you you keep talking about getting an education, but there's a difference between education and wisdom, knowledge. yeah, and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So. Are you trying to fill a void with education? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because there's, yeah, it's there's what, something that it's you're trying that to fill. It's what that degree represents. I mean, there... But is like, that going to get... Is we're that out here get in California. It's the startup capital of the world. Like, so many... I know more people, and this is... I'm exaggerating slightly, but for the sake of this conversation, like, I know a lot of people, if not more, that do what they do, and it's not because they went to school to do that thing. Like, they just figured it out. Okay, it's not that simple either. That's also a trauma... Answer. But like they got where they were going because they put one foot in front of the other and they built that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't require me to go to school and learn a specific set of skills that I can Google. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, so that definitely is not having a degree is definitely a part. It's like one of the highest realms of Pete going, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. And, and, and it's even more painful because everyone around me has done it. At one point I was sitting at a table and someone looked at me and said, you know what? It's really weird that you're one of our friends because you're the only person that doesn't have a college degree. It was a backwards compliment and I knew what they meant, but like it still was one of the most painful things for me to hear because I'm like, like that's which it's a compliment because like, I don't need to have a degree to be able to sit at a table with very educated people, intellectually intellectual education, like not this education, which is what I'm more interested in anyways, is the connection to soul connection in general. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, like there's a lot of pain around that, which is why I bring that up as something. But I've been to school a handful of times. Yeah. Um, is it something that I the, – the draw to it is the, the external validation of self-worth. Yeah, because you shouldn't have to suffer through anything you do. Oh, like, I people, don't like it. You, you know, if it's education, you still like – did it kind of suck a little bit? Maybe it did. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of school myself, but it's like yeah. – I didn't suffer through it. And if you've tried it and you suffered through it, it's like that whole comparison thing. You did it. You did it. What everybody said. You did what society said that was best. You did what everybody else was doing. Yeah. It didn't work for you. Doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you're a different kind of smart, right? Yeah. And who's smarter, honestly? Sometimes I feel like this about myself. Are you smarter from like checking the fuck out before you spend $100,000 in debt or Who's or the yeah. person who has the degree and, and is not using it really, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's all perspective and in comparison. And yeah. it was like Barry said there at the end, he was like, will it make you happy if you have a degree? Well, that piece of paper. I also intellectually know that I've done things. I've, you know, it was funny. I, this has been a part of what's been really hard for me to let go of. When I met you, I had, I was making the most money I've ever made. 
I had my name was on an apartment, like I got an apartment with someone, but I was Your on name there. Was on the lease. I l- bought my very first car with my own fucking amazing credit score and my own money, and like like I had solved the problem of how to live like everyone else lives in life. Wasn't it? I was probably less happy than I was. I got myself fired from that job actually. Um, so I know that that those things, the dollar amounts and the the jobs and the ability to buy things for myself is not this, the core of happiness. It's not the core of peace. It's not the core of like why I'm here. And I know that being a visionary, we're all visionaries. We're all creating things that have never been done before, which means it's not going to look like what anybody else has ever done. And that path is not something that you get an education for at the university of whatever, like that degree does not exist. So I know that. And I'm also to, to kind of pull everything together. I'm also operating with, a level of defense that no longer serves me that I'm working on letting go. I was dead. Like I told you, I was down for all day Wednesday though that not in my chest has been there all week. And today's the first day that it's really started to loosen up. So, and I also know to get up, ask questions, surround myself with people who are amazing and strong and pull me up and whatever. So the practice is there. Um, and it's just one more time, one more time, one more time, get back up, get back up one more time. Yeah. This is me. To quote Bob Marley, <laughs> the day you stop, you know, getting in the ra- the day you stop racing is the day you win the race. Because none of this matters. All that stuff. He that was like, I just spent think- the last week not racing. It didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> Got me bed sores. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, Somebody flipped me he over. He was like, I was doing it. <laughs> but yeah, action, <laughs> action, action. What's your distraction? Mm. That was a title, I think, right? It was, yeah. That was a fun show. Too. <gasps> That's awesome. Yeah. So, hey, good. Coco. so I'm glad that you didn't die. I am too. That's pretty yep. cool. Yeah. I, uh, Thanks for being there, Barry. For yeah, you yeah. Know. good catch. Yeah, good catch. great catch. <laughs> well, it's part catch. of our. It was, I, I joked after I didn't die because um, part of our vows were like, "I'll catch you whenever you fall." Because like the first day we met, I tripped like feet in his yeah, face. Yeah. The first day we met. And so I was like, way to live up to those vows, buddy. <laughs> he was like, I won. <laughs> I won the vows. <laughs> you may have lost a lot of weight, but man, you were heavy. <laughs> yeah. Sack Holy of potatoes. Smokes. Is a sack, sack of potatoes are heavy. Yeah. Potatoes. I'm glad you're not dead too, Pete. That's cool. Yay. Yeah. Hey, cheers to not dying. Right? Yeah, cheers right. to another day of living and yeah. discovering and unpacking. And <sighs> I think we should, I legit think we should like get out of here, go watch that documentary and then just like hold each other and cry. Okay. Over cake. <laughs> Over cake. Because I can eat cake now. Hey. Yay. <laughs> Real quick. Um, now that three out of four of us have, uh, wait, no, wait, one, two, three. Oh, we all got it on. Hiking my feelings. Check out the swag. Uh, in case yeah. you haven't oh, checked it yeah. out. Um, yeah. Everybody's got a little something on. Uh, yeah. The swag is here from Hiking My Feelings. And let me tell you, this is one of the most comfortable t-shirts I've ever owned. Um, you can get all of this stuff in this wonderful, this we can get this hat. Um, it's very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Liking that. Okay. Um, Y'all, it glows that. in yeah, the, the that, dark. But yeah, It's brilliant. That, well, look at the shirt. Look at the shirt. Just look at the shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, go to hikingmyfeelings.com. Um, as yeah, well, we'll as, out. as any of the hike and feelings, whatever hashtag properties. posts and properties, and yeah. you can get links to go buy your own cool mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. And then you don't have to lay in bed. You can hike your feelings, uh, just like Sydney did, and Pete's going to here shortly. Right? Go hike your feelings. Time to go hike. You should be comfortable hike, in bed. Hike my right. feelings. <laughs> yeah. Right. Then you'll be comfortable in bed. <laughs> sore bed sore resistant. I've heard. Yeah. Wicking and bed yeah, moisture sore. wicking. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Bed sore resistant. Uh, 
Guys, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having us. And we need Thank to start you. calling. We need to start titling this kind of um, back the and forth. Episodes? Yeah, the hybrid of it. Okay. Um, segment. We need to start segmenting these things. So, hey, if you're listening, you can think of a segment name. Give us a name. Give us a name. Mm. We'll play it out. Um, and these two will be back here you know, shortly, I'm sure. Maybe before we leave. That would be Definitely cool. before you leave. Okay. Definitely before yeah, you leave. Yeah, let's do that because then we can talk about all the cool stuff we actually have coming up because mm-hmm. it's not quite ready to that talk about yet. Process. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. I'd love to talk about how people can get involved. What? When I know more. We're in. Yes. I know We're you're in. In. <laughs> in. 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 Uh, in. So in, in the meantime, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next to mm, Friday. I was going to say Tuesday, but that's our old day. Tuesday. Six, eight months ago. Yeah. Um, and until then, from our heart. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How many we got going on? One, two, three. One, three hearts. Three hearts. Um, until then, we'll see you next time. Go tap into life and go hike your feelings. Hollywood. We are so grateful you joined us for another episode of Tap Into. Go to facebook.com forward slash Travis and Pete and like our page and drop us a line while you're there and say hi. You can also find us on Instagram at Tap Into Life. Huge, super big shout out to Specialty Produce Network and our listeners and followers because we couldn't do this without you. After all, we are better together. Till next time, get out there and tap into life. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.